This is the True North Collective Podcast, a gathering of unsugarcoated conversations on wellness, created by the real-life documentation of everyday humans fearlessly finding their true north. This is Season 2, Episode 10. Hi, I'm Janelle. I summited Half Dome. I aspire to live in a van by the time I'm 30, and my spirit animal is a lizard. Hi, I'm Ashley, a world traveler. I have an obsession with Barbie-sized products, and I hate feet and anything that smells like stinky feet. Hi, I'm Rachel. I like peeling sunburnt skin, even if it isn't mine. I'm really good at taking my bra off without taking off my shirt, and I hate being the center of attention. And we are your hosts of the True North Collective Podcast. I have the heebie-jeebies. Which one? The skin one? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, I need to shake that off. (laughs) It's my favorite. I mean, I get it. No, (laughs) Every single time Dylan gets a sunburn, he's like, get away from me. I'm like, just let me get it. I kind of get it because I'm a total picker too. Like, kind of have that like monkey like thing. Like Andrew's like, if people would just like see how much you pick at me, but I don't know about peeling the skin or picking the dead. It's skin like, didn't off. you guys ever put glue on your fingers and then peel the glue off? No, no but it was my own finger. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do it intentionally. It would be like when I was working with construction paper or making something. Mm, I did it intentionally. No, I, I kind of get it. Actually, <laughs> this summer, I think I had the worst sunburn in my life, and I burnt my shins because we were laying in tubes in the water, and I kept, like, I was peeling. But it kind of grossed me out to even peel my own skin because I'm a picker, too. But I mean, if it's a know. bad enough sunburn, then yeah. But I still like it. <laughs> I still like it. I also love Rachel when you do your introductions. You always clear your throat and then you lower your voice a little bit. <laughs> like shit, it's on. Here we go. Yeah, that's hilarious. I know. I was like, am I sounding too formal? What? <laughs> yeah. There's no right or wrong way to no, do this. No, there's not. Last time I said like I eat Cheerios straight from the box, which in hindsight is all mine are funnier if you're with me like watching me take my bra off under my shirt while I'm wearing my shirt and you're like what are you doing and I'm like just what just wait this bra is gonna come off and you're gonna be in you're gonna be so surprised and impressed by me so it's funny that you say that though because I can do the same thing and I like when you said that I was like oh yeah I can do that oh and I can put my shirt on from inside out to right side out what wait Mm-hmm. Wait, how? <laughs> my dad taught it to me when I was a little girl with my t-shirts and I've been able to do it, you know, I mean, not that I've been able because it's not, not like something magical, but it's like one of those things, if my shirt's inside out, I never turn it in right side out to put it on. I just put it on inside out and then it's right side out. Wait, what? Mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I really needed that hack because I used to always put my shirts on backwards when I worked at Spire. I don't know why. Or like inside out, not backwards. That would be, I think I've done that before though too. I think I was just always really tired. (laughs) And I would would be teaching at like 5.30 in the morning and look down in the middle of class and realize my shirt was on inside out. Like nifty. Janelle, you did that a lot actually. (laughs) 
I know. <laughs> did you ever? I know ha- I did. did you ever do it with your Lululemon pants? Has that ever happened to you? Where you look <gasps> down and then you see the inside triangle and you're like, "Damn it!" I oh, feel I, like I notice it. Oh, I've before. for like, sure. That, I can tell. Like, oh, I've totally done that. Yeah. When I used to so work at their headquarters, I was in a meeting one day and I was like, "Oh, oh, oh." There's the inside liner of my pants on the outside. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> that's, I think because all my Lululemon pants have the pockets on the outside, so oh. I would notice if I didn't have them. That's a, a dead giveaway. Right. right. Got it. But I'm definitely capable of that. <laughs> okay, Janelle, half dome. I've been dying to yes. know. Tell me all I the know. things. I'm holding all the kids back so Ashley I don't know if you know we just went to Yosemite and um we did half dome so we went to the top of half dome up the cables it went well took us 13 and a half hours to get up and back yeah so good long hike um on the way up it was actually really good I I was very happy and then on the way down, I was not very happy <laughs> on the cables because I kept slipping. And that shit is scary when you start to slip. Like on do the way you, up, I didn't slip at all. But the way down, mm-mm. Do you go down the same route that you go up? Yeah, you do. So oh, you also shit, have two-way man. traffic. Oh, my god. Yeah, two-way traffic. And our our guide recommended – and I don't, I don't know if I'd recommend this. He recommended actually going down so you're facing out because on the way up, you're facing the rock. And it's not a big deal. And you're leaning forward. And I felt fine. And then on the way down, my back was to the granite rock. And I'm just looking out at Yosemite. And there were two times where my feet completely slipped. And I'm just holding on to the cables, both hands. And I'm pretty much sliding down my butt. Uh. And I'm like, well, hope my feet hit the plank. And the planks are about 10 feet apart. So you slide about 10 feet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are you afraid of heights at all? I wouldn't say I'm afraid of heights, but I am afraid of falling to my death. Got it. Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. Like, the heights in itself don't bother me, but being in a place that isn't as secure bothers me. What's the incline grade? Not that I even know, would know. Mm, Like the, well, you mean the cable part? Yeah. I think the, well, it's, so the cables are, it's 500 feet elevation gain just on the cables, okay. but then the degree is, yeah. I think it's about a 46, 47 Ooh, degree. Oh, that's high, dude. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty intense, is but special I don't know, people do it. Mm-mm. Just hiking boots. I saw some dude doing it in sandals and socks. I was like, fuck you, you're going to die and I don't want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Close my mind when people do stupid stuff like that. I know. I was like, do you value your life? He's like, I should be sponsored. I was like, yeah, I actually probably should. Oh, no. But no. let's not do this. So here's the best story, though. We, we went with a group because in order to hike up the cables, you have to apply for a permit. And they only give up so many. So there's a lottery system that you have to apply for. I think it's over a year in advance. And we didn't plan that far in advance. Um, so in this group, there was this woman, and when we were, it was actually on the way back down, she had cords hanging out of her backpack, and we had our guide, and our guide, shout out to Matt, super sweet guy, like 22 years old, just graduated college, and he let her know that she had these cords hanging out of her backpack, 
And she's like, oh, it's okay. They're old. You don't need to put them back in. And he's like, I'm right here. Like, I can do it. And she's like, no, it's fine. And we're hiking a little bit further. And there's a part on, it's called Mist Trail, which is what you take to get up there, where it's probably maybe a thousand foot drop and it's just sheer drop. So they actually put a, up a fence at this part on the trail and her cords that have been hanging out get caught on the fence no. and it pulls her phone out of her backpack and it just falls over the ledge. No. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. And you can just hear it. Like you hear it hit the rock. Like you just like a, a and then you just kind of hear it like rolling down this hill and I'm like oh shoot oh, my like, oh no my phone and I'm like well, should I listen to Matt uh, just I didn't actually think that in the moment but and and Matt just goes oh man and so essentially the part that we're on it's a bunch of stairs and you can walk down the stairs probably I don't know probably like five feet or five stories down and you, you get to another probably 50 degree angle slope that is covered in trees, leaves, and then it draw like it goes to another drop, which is probably another, I don't know, 500, 600 feet down, which would then take you into what would be a river, but in September there's not a lot of water, so it's just a bunch of jagged rocks. And she goes, she looks at Matt, our tour guide, and she goes, can you, do you think you can get it? And he's like, okay, I'll try. And I'm like, no, Matt, no, you do not try to go get this phone. But he does. And so he goes down this slope, this massive slope covered in leaves, and you just watch him, and he's sliding, and he's not getting his footing, and I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I'm going to watch this 22-year-old die. Like, I'm just, I could not believe he was doing it. I'm like, we all heard the thud of your phone. Like, it's dead. Like, yeah. there's no reason to go after it. Like, that thing is shattered. But he gets down there. He finally gets his footing. He, like, starts to pick stuff up, and all of a sudden, you just see this sheer look of panic on his face face and he just starts sprinting back up where we are and he's like I mean he's pretty far away from us at this point like even sprinting up well one he kept tripping because of the the train but it took him probably 30 40 seconds to even just like sprint as fast as he could to get back to us and he gets up and the poor kid got stung by I don't know like he stepped on a wasp nest and was stung like 30 times so his face is swollen and his body is swollen and his hands swollen and he gets up to the top and we're like Matt like what do you need are, are you okay and he's like trying to get Benadryl out of his pack and he doesn't know if he's allergic to bees because he's never been stung by one and I'm like oh my god and then this girl in our group goes did you get my phone it's the first <laughs> she asked him I was like oh, oh, I cannot be around you gosh <laughs> yeah and so we're like, Matt, just get off, like, get off the trail. Like, you're going to be, you know, like, go get help. We can find our way down. And he's like, no, I'm responsible for you. But I don't know if I'm allergic to bees. So, like, let's just, let's just see. And then, of course, after all this, and it, like, literally his face is starting to swell shut. I felt so bad for him. And she just goes, this girl, she goes, oh, wait, my phone's in my pocket. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, she had her phone. She didn't drop her phone. So I don't know what she dropped. I think it was like a battery pack she had in there, but she never thought to actually check oh if it was gosh. her phone or not. How old is so, this person? She was in her 40s. Oh, geez. Old enough to know better. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes. So that was probably like, the... You're going on the ledge. 
that's I mean I did think that and then I said I cannot be next to this person for the rest of the hike yeah. because I just can't <laughs> you have no concern for him how, and oh, how much anyway. longer of your hike did you have after that left we still had probably 45 minutes to an oh hour my gosh yeah was it and hot? he was no it wasn't hot that was that's actually good, good. I appreciate that it was actually a little cooler yeah but our guide was so sweet about it too because I was so pissed for him and yeah. he just goes well I'm really glad it wasn't your phone because that really would have been a bummer on the trip and he was dead serious I was like oh you were the gosh. nicest human I've ever met I need some of that because I'm so pissed off for you <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah. I was pissed too. Yeah. yeah anyway so that was Yosemite <laughs> but we had a good time that's crazy, dude. Sounds like an amazing experience. Yeah, it was really, really cool. I feel like when you start to do something like that, I'm like, what else can I do? Yeah, that's what that's I was just going to ask you. Crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll have to yeah, run Tetons. Yeah, I'd do that. Run that Tetons, run to the Grand Canyon. That'd be pretty crazy. Something. I've started something to. Crazy. I started to train for the Appalachians. Um, one of my buddies here is a trainer and he was like you should do ladders have you ever done ladders ladder drills yeah for like agility and stuff oh my gosh I was like that that shit's no joke (laughs) just to be ready you know so you can like try to get your toes in like it's like you gotta get your feet in the boxes like each box three times I was like oh my gosh (laughs) I was a dancer and this shit is hard but yeah, yeah. I'm doing that to make sure that I am like quick on my feet when I'm running on those rocks. I'm not excited. You gotta do ladders, man. <laughs> I know. I should just like rock climb and run. There we go. That'll get me ready. Combination of both, right? <laughs> Maybe not. Oh I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, All right. Should I introduce Ashley? Yeah, let's do it. Well, we're excited to have Ashley. Peg on the podcast today. Uh, I actually know Ashley back from Milwaukee. She was a fellow fitness studio owner and eventually came to work at Spire Fitness with me. But most importantly, I would say Ashley is now the founder and creator of Fashionably Fit, which is a lifestyle brand dedicated to empowering humans to love themselves, their bodies, and their lives. Welcome to the podcast, Ashley. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so Sorry. excited to be here. Did I do it right? Did I, did I nail your name? You get it right? Uh, nail. <laughs> I wouldn't say nail. <laughs> I've been called much worse. Hey. Right. Hey. Hey. <laughs> You're trying too hard. Uh. <laughs> All right. It's all Fine. good. So why don't we start off with our favorite question? How'd you get here? (laughs) The big question. Oh, well, um, I guess, so I'm a little bit of a novelist, just so you know. So I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. But first of all, you know, as you said, Janelle, I'm Ashley, but my friends do call me Ash. Uh, I'm Oklahoma bred, go Sooners, Texas grown. I met my husband at a wedding. Hold on. (laughs) I'm sorry. We're in Texas. I'm from Dallas, Fort Worth. What? Originally. Do you know yes. that I live here now? Yes. Oh my god. I knew you were moving there. How have we not I knew about that you were. Guy? Yes, I knew all of this. Oh my gosh. Okay, wait. Where? Oh, shoot. We're in. Just give me. We're in Dallas. 
Uh, so I've lived all over, but I actually grew up in Fort Worth. Oh, I love Fort Worth. Oh, me too, girl. I love it. Yeah. All right. I'll let you continue. I'm going to just be over here like cheesing out. (laughs) (laughs) No worries. Um, so I met my husband at a wedding. Uh, it's really kind of this fairy tale story, but, um, that's, it's much better told over a bottle of wine. Uh, I moved to Milwaukee six months later and have lived here for almost 12 years, which I can't even begin to believe it's almost 12 years. Uh, I owned a gym for six years. I got really sick. I closed it down to take care of me. And last year I was diagnosed with Lyme disease and I started fashionably fit, um, kind of in the midst of that right about four years ago, actually, um, October 1st was my four year celebration slash anniversary. And, um, yeah. Uh, and I started it to help others outside of my gym and it's currently what I'm focusing on the most that, and of course, um, my health and, and just really always wanting to look towards things where I can constantly, you know, succeed and improve and, you know, learn along the way. Hmm. I love that. Did you get limes from a tick? Yeah. So what's really weird about Lyme disease, um, which this could be a whole podcast on its own because man, yeah, it's crazy. But so what actually we think happened because it's hard to pinpoint, but Mm -hmm. so Lyme disease is for sure from a tick, but people may or may not ever know that they were bitten by a tick, right? So you can have Lyme disease and it never rear its ugly head, so to speak. But um, in my case, what had, well, so I do remember a tick bite. I lived in Colorado for four years and I remember getting bit by a tick. I was about 12 years old and I like pulled it off of my neck. It was back behind and I was actually at home alone and I had to, I didn't know what a tick really was and I had to like call my mom and ask what to do because I told her I tried to step on this bug and it wouldn't die and all of this stuff. And um, so, but what my doctor has explained to me, because when, you know, I had actually been diagnosed with SIBO, which is small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And I was having all of these health issues for the last few years and I was following new protocols and new diets and nothing was working. And then it was actually like a random thing. I'd gone to Mexico last year with my dad and, um, like the second day there I got sunburned, but I actually got only got sunburned certain spots and it looked like I'd basically taken my fingers, you know, and like had wiped off the sunscreen. So I had these like red marks on my, um, on like various areas of my body body and they two and a half, three months, even four months later were still there. And I went back to my doctor and I'm going through my laundry list of symptoms as I usually do. And things weren't really improving with my SIBO and my diet change. And I was like, Oh, and by the way, I had these marks and I like lifted up my shirt and showed her and I literally could see the light bulb go off. And she was like, Oh my goodness, we're testing you for Lyme disease Mm -hmm. today. And I was like, what? I don't have Lyme disease. And she goes, 
I think you do. And she was like, and if I'm right, she was like, it makes sense. It makes sense that you have had all of these symptoms, all of these things going on. Like, let's definitely test you. She was like, there's actually two different tests that we're going to do. The first one is a um, quad physics test. And then the other one is a blood test. But what we'll do is we'll give you some supplements, which will activate, you know, the Lyme and um, will make your test accurate, you know, uh, or your test results more accurate. So, um, of course, I did both tests and they both came back positive. And, um, and so what she, you know, going back to what she kind of explained to me was that you can have Lyme disease and it can sit dormant in your body forever, but there's three things that can activate it or kind of make it rear its ugly head. And that is stress, trauma, or sickness. And when I owned my business, um, I was super, super stressed, um, and I just, it, I've always been the type of person that just works really, really hard. I'm a worker bee. When I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I'm not just going to give it a hundred percent. I'm going to give it 120%. I've been amazing my whole entire life at like burning the candle at both ends, but still being like super successful while doing it. And, um, yeah, it slowly caught up with me to the point where in 2015, I all of a sudden had a stomach ulcer. I had alopecia and I was super depressed and I started to notice the depression and I went to the doctor, I went to the ther a therapist and um, he, he was like, okay, we need to figure out how you can decompress. Like you need to like, just do nothing. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't do that very well. <laughs> and he's like, uh, so my suggestion is that you take a walk, like take a walk, go walk your dogs. And then I, he goes, Nope, don't even take your dogs. Like, like I don't want anything to stress you out. Like you just walk, you just be, I did it one time ladies. And that one time that I did it, I thought about the whole time, like jumping into Lake Michigan and never coming out. Mm. And I got home that day and I was like, Andrew, that's my husband. I was like, something is wrong, like clearly wrong. And I look back at that time a lot in my life. And, and um, what's really interesting about the entire thing is that that was obviously alopecia, that's autoimmune, stomach ulcer, that's something saying something's wrong. And then of course, depression. And I went to therapy and I got um, antidepressants and I went to my primary care doctor and he gave me pills for my um, stomach ulcer. And he said the alopecia would go away. So you know, I look back at that and I'm like, man, I really probably just masked those problems a little bit more. I didn't get to the root of them. And what did I do? I kept working so hard and I kept doing all this. And so finally by 2017, my body was like, well, I guess we'll show you even more because I, it's really crazy. I don't get sick. I, despite the fact that I have autoimmune disorders, I don't like, I don't get sick. I don't, I, I, I mean, I better knock on some wood, but man, I don't have, I don't 
get the flu. I don't get really, I might get a little sinus here or there, but I don't like have colds or I don't know the last time I was sick. So I'm like really strong in that way. But this other stuff was obviously just tall tale signs of what was to come. And, um, and my doctor was like, this makes so much sense. You were in such high stress and your body was giving you signals and then you just weren't really listening. And so that's been a whole big, huge learning curve for me. It's so crazy. I have known a few people with Lyme disease and all of them have experienced different things. It's not been like the most consistent, um, which is, um, kind of why I asked about the tick and everything because it is a crazy, it's a crazy disease. Um, but I can really relate to burning the candle on both ends to not listening to your body and like just like ignoring the early signs and symptoms of things that seem so like, oh, this is no big deal. I'm going to just power through this. Um, but I, I would say the older that I get, Um, And the more I experience how traumatic the physical manifestations of stress can be, um, truly, and then to give myself the time to reflect and have the self-awareness of like, where did this actually start so that I can have that information moving forward has been such a game changer for me so that I can start to recognize like, oh, hey, I'm trying to think of something really random But like, I feel like it's just small things where it's like, oh, you haven't drank enough water today. And if I don't drink enough water, that's like the first thing that I avoid. And then that quickly turns into something else when I'm stressed out. And so knowing those things means that I can put a routine in place that helps me out. It doesn't alleviate the stress necessarily right away or completely, but it at least puts me on a path of being able to have the wherewithal to do something about it instead of just continuing to operate on survival it's interesting yeah. yeah for sure and I I totally know what you mean and I don't know about you though with the way that I am and my personality and I don't know if it's because I was like miss everything in high school and in growing up like I was in every club like you could think of or every organization you know and then I was still working to get good grades and I and I really like I have learned in the last 12 years of my life so much about who I was in the South versus like who I've become in the Midwest. And it's like crazy to think that I like I was I was doing all these things as part of all these things. And when I started to own my business, my own business and do things like routine did not sit well with me. And like routine, actually, like I am still right now really working on gaining what routine look like looks like because routine feels like um, it just feels monotonous and not fun and all this stuff. When I actually think it's probably the opposite from what I've heard from people who are very routine oriented, like you feel like you get a lot more done or you feel a lot more stability or you know and so it's been really really weird like the feelings that I've had and some of that comes from work too because I worked so hard in my gym that I had a really hard time with not working does that make sense like yeah to give yourself the permission I had that too I mean similar at um when I was running the studio it's I used to have so much anxiety when I tried to stop working because I knew 
how much I had to do that rather than actually just unplugging and relaxing, I was spiraling out, which honestly at that point, it let me, I drank a ton the first two years of owning the studio because it was my only excuse or reason to stop working. Mm. So I would drink like a bottle of wine and just be like, well, can't work now. You're drunk. <laughs> um, and <laughs> which like isn't, I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny because I was almost doing that every single night. Um, and cause it was just the only thing I could do to like calm down because I was so stressed out. And I mean, similar to you too, it's kind of funny. Oh, I mean, okay. Funny is not the right word, but <laughs> I didn't, I, I don't think I, yeah, <laughs> like I didn't realize it until right around when I ended up leaving Milwaukee and moving, but I had definitely like reached that breaking point where my digestion was terrible. I felt so run down. I didn't even really realize it, but I lost a ton of hair as well. Um, and even now I've been what out in California for, I guess a year and a half. I'm, I was celebrating the other day cause my hair is almost grown to the same length <laughs> as the rest of my hair. Um, because so much of it actually fell out towards the end just because I was under so much stress and mm-hmm. I mean, and I'm sure you had this too, but especially in the fitness industry, you're also, you have the stress of running the business, but then you also have the physical stress that you're putting on your body because you're teaching or you're working out or you, you know, in my case, I was in, a, I'm sure for your, you too, you're going to people's classes because you had to evaluate them. So then you were working out a lot during the day oh, yeah. and all your body needed was to, just none of it. <laughs> and you don't, you don't get a day off, which can be really challenging yeah physically emotionally psychologically for sure I mean and stress is stress is stress it doesn't matter the type your body doesn't know the difference right so if you're stressing out about your workouts you know or stressing in your workouts like high intensity workouts those are stressful to the body you know um or if you're stressing about your physical work you know the things that's on your to-do list or all the stuff that you have to do or heck let's even go go to family stress you know like all the things that go on with family and relationships and stuff it's and it just like accumulates in the body and the body just will do everything to fight it you know and that's that's why I had alopecia so I get the whole hair loss thing I mean finding out I mean, you, we, I think we all have one thing that we really like about ourselves when my hair, like I really like my hair. And when I freaking bald spot on the top of my head, I was screaming and bawling like a freaking baby, you know? Yeah. Not fun. That doesn't really go good for the fashionably fit brand either. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, that's real, you know? Yeah. And like, not a- and and for you to be able to own that and share with the world that you can still be fashionably fit and beautiful no matter what is such a powerful message to be sharing and i mean even myself like okay acne who you know who really cares but at the same time like i've never really had it before and now at 36 i'm dealing with it's it's constant and um even just giving myself permission to like like there would be times when I first moved here because I mean, you know, Dallas, everyone is so like put together all the time and I'm already a hot mess. And so then I'd be like, I don't even want to go into these classes because these people's skin is like, I've never seen anything like it before. And 
I like literally wouldn't go to a workout because I had these huge zits on my face and it was embarrassing. And now I'm like, you know what? That is actually just as normal and just as beautiful. And we all need to be able to live our lives no matter what's going on. And so I, I personally want to acknowledge you for being able to show up as you even though it doesn't seem like that's the face of what you're trying to create, if that makes any sense. No, it does. And and I thank you for that. And And I totally know what you mean too about the whole image thing and like feeling, I mean, you guys have to remember, I moved here 12 years ago. Yeah. Think about how much Milwaukee, I mean, places change in general, but Milwaukee, Milwaukee has changed so much in 12 years. I mean, I grew up with a grandmother who wouldn't walk to the mailbox without makeup on. I mean, this is like, yeah. like that's Texas for you, yeah. you know? And like, when I moved here, it was very like, it was Milwaukee as great as it is. And I really do mean that I love it now, but there was, and I've even heard you guys talk about this on other podcasts, but like the drinking and the social atmosphere here is way different than it anything I was used to but also on top of that I moved here and like I remember being in groups and like you know I, I joined things right away just to get to know people because I knew no one but my husband or boyfriend at the time and I remember people being like yeah when I first met you I didn't even like you and I'm like uh what I'm like sorry <laughs> did you what and they're like yeah I go I'm sorry you didn't even talk to me yeah. like I I, I you I said is that because I wear big hair and have a lot of makeup on like I, I don't know like and I remember being at an event and I was I remember it so clear it was best steel days you guys and I was there and I was in these like wedges and capri pants and like this cute little top and I remember someone that I like met or I just met came up and was like, man, you're really dressed up for, you know, Bastille days. And I go, what? And I said, I, this isn't dressed up. Like, this is like what I would wear, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember that person walked away and I looked at my husband. I was like, you know what? Forget this. I'm going to take off all my jewelry. I'm going to chop off all my hair. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to wear any makeup and I'm going to go bare buy a pair of khaki shorts, Tevas, and a Green Bay Packer shirt. Maybe <laughs> I'll put in. Like, it's so I mean, like, interesting. Yeah. And he's like, oh my gosh, first of all, you wouldn't last five minutes. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but maybe I'd fit in, you know? And like, just, so I get what you're saying. And I think that that's one of the things that I have really tried to make sure with my brand and with me in general, whether I'm representing fashion, which I'm always representing fashion because it's my brand, but also just like with meeting new people and different things is just being authentic and knowing that I don't have it all together and being vulnerable and, and being able to share with people what is going on. Because I think I, not, I think I know this is where therapy helped me a lot, but I used to hold it all in. I wanted to be the strong person. I never wanted to look weak. I never, it was this perfect image and it goes right back to that type A plus, plus, plus. We could probably add a few more pluses personality that I have, you know? And it's just like, I was always trying to be the strong person and the, the I have it all together person and all of that stuff. And I've just realized I have so many more 
I so much the friendships and the the relationships that I have are that much better now because I am so open and vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. That's something I always appreciated too, as I started to get to know you is when we started to chat and I was like, okay, cool. Like that is the easiest way to gain my respect is someone who just is honest and upfront and isn't afraid just to be themselves because it's, I don't know. It's like, why, why do it any other way? So that was something when I first met you, I was like, yes. Okay. Like Ashley is in my corner. I appreciate having conversations with her. Like I want to have more conversations like this. So I've always appreciated that about you. Oh, well, and I appreciate, I appreciated the same with you. Like I knew I liked you right from the beginning of meeting you. And I don't know that the circumstances were always the the best we had yeah. people involved. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But like mm-hmm. we were making it work and we knew what we could kind of run with and not run with. And then that allowed you and I to kind of like develop a relationship out of that. And I always appreciated that I could go to you. And I knew by what I saw you doing for that gym and I could identify with it. I knew I'd been in your shoes. I I was an owner, but also ran the studio. And so I knew what it was like to be you. And I already had seen what you, what a fabulous job you were doing with it. And um, so I had such an appreciation for all the effort that you put into it, you know, and that's, um, you know, that was really cool for me to see all that. And that allowed us to obviously talk and, to relate in a lot of other ways too. Yeah, that was something I I wanted to ask you too in this conversation because for me at least with the studio, that, I mean, that had been my dream. If you asked me what I wanted to do in college, I wanted to own and run a gym. And it, that entire experience was amazing. You know, I've never traded for anything. I learned so much. I mean, it's the hardest I've ever, worked in my life. Um, but it's also interesting because there's sort of this, this emotional and, and, and mental experience of realizing that you're doing or living the dream that you wanted. And then having to say, this actually doesn't work for me anymore, or this is no longer what's right for me. Um, and I, I think you probably had maybe a similar experience having to decide that you put some like blood, sweat, tears, I mean, everything you had into this just to have to, you know, have to decide that it's not the right thing for you anymore, at least not at this point. So what was that like for you? Can you relate to it? (laughs) Yeah, no, I can totally relate. Um, And I have to say, I don't know that it was always my dream job, if you want to go back to like our interesting facts, I almost said that I used to want to be Connie Chung. Some people aren't going to even know who that is. Um, I don't know who it is. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So she's a news reporter back in the day when we were growing up and I just like wanted to be the next Connie Chung. In fact, I think she's married to Mari. Uh, um, the talk show host. You guys know how to oh, talk yeah, about? Maury. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yes, Wait, yes. Janelle, did you want to be a news person? Um, I kind I wanted to have my own radio show. Oh, well, you kind of do. Yeah, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Like I said, I'm like, 
Check it off. <laughs> so I've always wanted to have my own talk show. So that's kind of where that stemmed from. I wanted to there go into go. news and then I wanted to have my own talk show. And so I was a journalism and mass communications major, but I found fitness in college and, and college was where I like, I never really, like I played some sports here and there growing up, but I never played sports in like school, like as a part of like, um, you know, as, as like on junior university or anything like that, I did a ton of other stuff and I was in drama and, you know, pep squad and all of that stuff. So I've always had like a love and appreciation for sports, but I never really played a lot of sports. And so when I got into college, I found the gym and I found fitness and I found how much I was intrigued with it and all of that. And then started finding that I loved knowing what my body mass was and my fat mass and all this stuff. But I also did modeling on the side. These were two super, um, not the most cohesive things to put together because someone who is a perfectionist starts to get super obsessive. Right. Yeah. And so my relationship with fitness had definitely in certain times hit some pretty unhealthy levels. Um, and I still to this day suffer some body image issues from them. I've worked really hard to change my mindset and behaviors. And again, therapy has really helped with all of that. Um, but so kind of what happened is, you know, I found this fitness stuff and then I really, when I met my husband, I was, I was at the gym five days a week. I was up, you know, four in the morning there. I mean, I was weighing all my food. I was doing all this, but I was also doing fitness modeling. And so, um, when, you know, we dated for a very short amount of time before I moved up here, like I said, we met at a wedding and I moved here six months later. So the first thing I did when I moved here was join a gym. And then the next thing I know I was teaching at the gym and then, you know, that just is kind of where that spawned. And I'd really kind of gotten my start from Pilates and thought that mm, one day maybe I'll own a Pilates studio. Um, and, and that's as far as like my teaching side of it. When I was working out on my own, I was doing weightlifting. Um, so needless to say, I also worked for Toyota and I was a spokesperson for them. And so I was traveling for them working out when I wasn't at work. And then I was teaching when I was here in Milwaukee. Right. And so this was kind of my life. And, and, um, and then I traveling for work and being away 70% of the year, I just, I like felt like I couldn't cultivate my life in Milwaukee. So, um, I, put in my notice for that and I was trying to figure out what was next. And I, now I was working at like four different gyms and, um, I happened to work out at this gym called Ellipse, which is the one I ended up owning. And, um, long story short, my dog had passed away. I went in there one day after that, and I was beating up a kickboxing bag. And then the manager had just quit. I basically, they said they, you know, that I should apply because I had experience. And so, Next thing I know, I was hired as the manager. Next thing I know, I was told it was for sale. Next thing I know, I was buying a gym. It was like, boom, boom, boom. I mean, and to really give you perspective, I started my job on um, October 17th, and I assumed all responsibility for the gym on November 1st, and I signed all the documents on November 16th. Wow. I mean, it was like crazy. So it was like a whirlwind, right? Yeah. And for me, I can't say it was something that I like 
was my dream job, but it was something I had thought about, you know, but I also knew I really liked fitness. And so for me at the time, and ironically, you guys, this is the way my life has been. Like, again, self-reflection. You're going to hear me say that a lot because that's, this has been the year of self-reflection for me. I agree. I'm there with you. (laughs) Going back and looking, I'm like, okay, wow, things kind of fall. And I don't mean fall in my lap, like I'm so blessed, but like things just like kind of take a turn and something happens and the next thing you know, I'm modeling and then something else happens and the next thing you know, I'm working for Toyota. And then the next thing you know, I own a gym. Like, and granted, it's not that I don't pursue those things, but it's just the kind of the way the universe is like moving and these things are falling into kind of into place, right? And so I was super excited about it and it was super cool. And I owned, I bought two gyms at the same time, um, two different locations. So I had one in Brookfield and one in downtown Milwaukee. And that was, golly, I, that this, the one in Brookfield very quickly, I found out, I mean, I closed it within six months. It was going to Mm. eat me out of house and home. I was literally putting $10,000 a month into it to market it to you know, hold its employees to, you know, sustain the memberships that we already had. And, um, and then I one day came home and I'm crying and Andrew's like, let me see the books. And he was like, okay, this gotta go. And then of course I'm upset and taking it personally. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is a business. And then, um, and then, you know, that allowed the third board to take off. Then I went from, 40 uh there were 36 members when i bought the third ward and i I took it to 200 you know like Mm -hmm. that was like you know and so that was really cool for me and as i mentioned earlier i when i say i'm going to do something i'm going to do it wholeheartedly i'm going to put everything into it and so for me you know i never thought about doing anything less than that and um and i also totally believe in doing anything or anything that's worth doing should scare you and definitely this scared the crap out of me um taking loans out borrowing money um figuring it all you know out hiring people firing people training people do i mean it was insane and and talk about getting out of my comfort zone um a ton, you know, and learning and, and going to, you know, I, I read more business books and things like that. And, and definitely things that I, I mean, thank God for my husband who runs his own business. Cause he was such a um, good mentor with that stuff, but he also wanted it to be, and it was mine. He wanted me to only need him if I wanted to need him. Didn't, you know, it, he was very good about that. Um, so, but then things started shifting, you know, that I had really good years. And it's so funny, you know, we're talking about that self-reflection. I look back when I had the alopecia and the stomach ulcer and all of that. And you guys, I look back and I can't figure out anything that was wrong with my gym at the time. It's not like I had lost like my right-hand person at the time. It's not like my gym was suffering. I think I have a hard time with just being really happy with where I'm at at certain times and being grateful for where I'm at and what I've already achieved. And I think I was already looking at the next thing and looking at 
the next thing I could work on or the next thing that I could do or what was the next plan? How was I going to get to this many members and all of that stuff instead of just kind of enjoying the process? Um, so and you, then, of course, go ahead. So do you think that the way it stopped was that or maybe not stopped, but the way you were able to pause long enough to recognize like, oh, shoot, this is I can't continue with this was that the physical stuff just kept piling on and on and on? Is that what made you kind of pause and go, I I have to stop just looking at the next? It's weird because it's not like you didn't, I don't I don't look at you and this is the, the decisions that you've made and think that all of a sudden you've regressed. I actually think that you've like completely expanded even more. And what you're doing with Fashionably Fit is like, I mean, to me, that's steps forward, even though you probably you had to at some point go, I can't continue on the track that I'm going. I have to readjust. And so was it the physical things that were jarring enough for you to actually have to have to look at it? Is that what you think shifted for you? Um, yes, but way later. I mean, if you kind of and I, I don't know if I've done a very good job of painting the timeline, but that alopecia ulcer, all of that, that was early 2015, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't end up closing my gym until December 2017. Yeah. So it took two years of ups, downs, not feeling good, figuring, you know, and, and doing all these different things and just kind of giving it one more one more chance or doing this or or like I said, 2015 was actually a decent year. 2016, it started to kind of go downhill a little bit. And then, 20, yeah, and in 2016 is when I did lose my right-hand person. Like, out Got of it. nowhere. Quit. I had, I had flown to Ireland. I had been there 24 hours. And this person I had been in a conversation with um, two weeks prior um, at a coffee shop. And he was wanting to you know, help me run my business and, and possibly even, you know, somewhat come into ownership. And, um, and yeah, it was crazy because all of a sudden, like that was two weeks and then I leave to go on vacation. And of course the night before vacation, I'm like, everything good. You're good. All that. He's like, yeah. Um, I mean, it's crazy. And then he quits the first day I'm out of town and I'm like, wait, what, what? Like, it's like the universe really wanted you to, (laughs) Yeah, going and like, and it was actually in 2017 after I still wasn't like, so now I'm really not feeling well. I'm bloated all the time. I'm tired all the time. I, it doesn't matter how hard I work out. I'm not seeing results. I just don't feel like myself. I, you know, there was just like all of these things. And then I got the diagnosis, um, like the full on after lots of testing from, you know, food sensitivity test, blood test, all this stuff. And then when I got diagnosed with SIBO, um, my husband was like, what do you think's got to give? Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, I know. I said, I'll make the call when I'm ready. And then and I started thinking about it and I was like, I have to shut down. And I, I wanted to sell, but it was also October and I was not going to roll into a new year year owning a gym um and and try to 
kind of go about like I've, I've just known too many gym owners that don't like aren't up front and like the one thing I've always valued is that people were at my gym spending their hard-earned money to work out in my gym and so like I couldn't just you know pretend like everything was okay and then like just shut the doors, you know, or get all these members signed up into contracts and then shut the doors. Like I wasn't going to do that. And so then I started having to come up with a plan. And then that's when I reached out to Spire and Vita and other places. And I said, look, I, I can come work for you. Um, here's what I'll offer in return. And also it was a way for me to gain closure too, because I don't think I would have ever been able to sleep at night. Just it's just not my per, it's my personality. I just if I hadn't been able to provide them with you know, they didn't have to take it, but if I couldn't provide them with additional steps of what they could do um without just like announcing, "Hey, I'm going to close." Like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to close, but here's why. I'm not feeling well. I'm sick, but if you want to come and where I'm going to be working at these two gyms. If you want to come there and try them out, I've got offers for you. I've got all of these things. We can see what happens and, and then you can make the decision that's best for you. My goal is that you just find a place where you can work out and continue on your health and wellness journey. Yeah. And that's kind of how I did it. And granted that was a lot of hard work too. And it was three months of even higher stress, but it was what I knew I had to do to like feel good good about the entire process because I've worked way too hard over six years to just like oh, I'm gonna shut the doors down we're moving on I don't feel good boom yeah. you know but. so knowing how you your tendencies for how you operate and I'm really similar I'm a recovering perfectionist just like you I had like I had cancer when I was 14 and I still was working and dancing and in all of the like the advanced courses and when I look back I'm like what the fuck what the fuck are you doing just to like continue on to like become this executive and I'm like what and so I I fully can relate to that mentality um knowing that that's how you tend tend to be what was different about fashion or what has been different about fashionably fit and then on a flip coin of it do you think if you do you think you could ever have been in a place where you appreciated what you had and run the gym or was it just the the business of running a gym just isn't your where your heart is one of the things that makes it so different like fashionably fit versus the gym the gym it's a brick and mortar place right uh you have people you have electricity you have um you know, members, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, no offense to my members, but that's just the way, you know, that's customer service industry. Right. Um, so there were always these things that like, you always had to be thinking about it. You had to always be marketing. You had to always be hiring. You had to always be making sure that everyone was doing what they needed to do. And not that I was a micromanager, but it's making sure the people are in the right seats. And unfortunately, when you're a business owner or even Janelle, like you were, uh, uh, might as well have been a business owner, um, you, you, no one will ever care as much as you do. They never will. Like that's just part of owning a brick and mortar business, right? And so with Fashionably Fit, one of the biggest differences is that it's me and it's my life and it's, what I live, eat, 
sleep, breathe, do. And so it's, it's far easier to cultivate that. It is though. It is definitely, um, I think when you think about running a business, I can definitely relate with you feel like you're the only person that cares that much. And and it is probably because it's true. And, uh, you know, I was treated that business like it was my own, but I definitely think that, you know, that's a rare experience when it comes to employees. Janelle, I agree with you because, well, first of all, you and I've talked a lot of times, your circumstances were a little different, you know, and you were, you were there from the beginning and then, and a vital part of that beginning, right? Like they sought you out and then you were part of the transition too, right? So you kind of got brought in and were treated like an owner um, in a lot of ways. But the one thing that people don't understand, I mean, the entrepreneurship life, it looks glamorous, right? And it can be, Mm -hmm. but it's also freaking hard work. And the one thing about owning a brick and mortar business where you have employees, like you can own a brick and mortar business and still be independent, right? You don't have to have employees. But in this Mm -hmm. case, I did. And um, I'm the one losing sleep at night over it. I'm the one having to make sure that all the bills get paid. I'm the one that has to make sure the employees get paid. You don't have happy members. Um, you don't have a gym, but you don't have happy employees. You don't have a gym, you know, you like, so it goes both ways. And it was just, there was always something. And this, I think gets back to some part of what Rachel had asked me, but there was always something that felt like that had to be done that was keeping me from doing what I love to do the most in my gym, which was help people and train, right? And because I was having to do all the other tedious tasks. Um, And with Fashionably Fit, yeah, it's four years that I've had this, but I haven't always, like I barely did anything with it last year. And that's good and bad. Like it's bad because I feel like I could be way further along and have more this, more that. But it's also good because I needed that break to figure out what I really wanted. And if I even really wanted to work on Fashionly Fit because I wasn't feeling well. And I don't care what type of business you have. First of all, yeah, I, I think everything, everything that you do that's worth it should scare you. But on the other side of that, nothing should be at the expense of your health. And I was so guilty of that. I had really let everything consume me and I was forgetting to take care of me. And what, how hypocritical does that sound? I freaking owned a gym. But that's That's like normal. Don't you think that's so normal in like the fitness Mm -hmm. world and nutrition? I mean, all of it and freaking life coaching. I mean, it's like you you start from a place of probably it made a difference in your life. And I'll speak from I. You know, I, I got into the work that I'm doing with life coaching because I it made a difference for me. Of all the things that I've tried to better understand myself and gain self-awareness and feel like I'm living a life with purpose or even just be able to live life without purpose sometimes and be okay with it, you know, got me to want to be able to hold that space for other people and 
I can see now because I'm still really fresh to this to this industry and I can see how you you know you slowly start to just write some stuff you know write some stuff or what it not write some stuff in but like dial it in a little bit and then you you you're like well I can take on this one more client at the expense of actually seeing my life coach this week and I I learned I'm really proud of myself for I have my resource of healers and coaches and therapists that I have for me too so that I actually can continue to show up and hold that space because if I'm not doing that and I like you don't just get there and then it's done and you then are like there's nothing to fix like it's 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 um it's almost like a symbiotic relationship in terms of you and your environment and what you're doing and you know anything that can swim the pendulum away from yourself is going to be at the detriment of everything and so yes I am I completely I find it so fascinating that the world is tending towards more wellness professions yet there's still burnout in those professions if not more because it's still a luxury to have that and so it's not like you're getting so much money for doing those things I mean yes some people are but it's very fascinating conundrum no I so it's so interesting you say that so there were a couple things that popped in my head when you said that first of all let's talk about the last part that you just said the whole thing about like fitness and all that stuff is popping up everywhere it kind of drives me freaking crazy because (laughs) here i am i'm in this like world and first of all i don't ever want to be i mean i am an influencer but i almost hate that term because every freaking person wants to be an influencer and they think that whatever you know qualifies them to be an expert in XYZ, you know? And I'm like, wait, where are your credentials? What are you doing? What? And so it drives me crazy. And it is something with my, my current business I struggle with, you know, on, you know, what, how do I want to be different? What's my unique selling point? What's this? How can I um, touch people and, and have people understand, you know, where I'm coming from? But that leads me to the next thing. You said something and it totally caught my attention. You know, you were talking about it being like, isn't that normal? Isn't it normal that people are in their industry and doing that? But why does it have to be normal? That's my question is like, because for people to just allow this busyness or this overwhelming or this, it's these expectations people set up for themselves, right? And then they run themselves to the ground and they, you know, they, they don't know how to start to go back to like square one, which was the whole reason they started in the first place. Totally. You know, yeah. And you can take that to a lot of different things and levels and all that stuff. But like, totally got me thinking about that. I was like, why are we accepting that as the normal? Like, yeah, we need to work on that. Well, I agree. And that's the- something I've been trying pretty hard at any job I take now is to just have really strong boundaries and not in a bad way, but just for myself and to say, like, I won't be able to do what you need me to do unless I can take care of myself and I can give myself the space to even just be bored sometimes. <laughs> we don't give ourselves a lot of space just to be creative and to think and to get lost in our thoughts and 
think a lot of growth can happen in those moments. So trying to hold, hold space for them can be it can be hard, but I think it's important. What were well, you going to say, that Rachel? I was going to say I think it's. I mean, I think it's hard to in a society that li- like we live in a society where we choose a certain lifestyle or sometimes we don't even choose it like even at a lowest common denominator it still requires a lot and um and so to to just say to somebody like hey you need to allow yourself to be bored i think is a really hard thing to expect people to be able to do um however to bring it even back to like as you were talking, Ash, what I heard you say being different, and I'm going to put words in your mouth so you can tell me that I'm full of shit if you want. <laughs> but, what I, <laughs> but what I heard um, was that with Fashionably Fit, you have stayed connected to yourself. You, that is an authentic, you get to be your authentic self in building that business, in, in you know, being that, the entrepreneur of that business. Whereas with the gym, you weren't and so therefore when you weren't connected to yourself you are now doing everything outside of yourself that is literally the opposite of when you're connected with yourself you're disconnected which means you're making decisions for something outside of yourself versus something that can be honoring for yourself without being dishonoring for something else and so to then come back to what you said janelle i think it's maybe less about giving yourself permission to be bored and more about giving yourself permission to run your businesses from a place of connection with yourself, which to me means you're actually listening to what you need. And so it's not that you're bored, but it's that to run my business effectively, right now I have to take a pause. Um, And you are able to be connected with yourself enough to be able to make business decisions that aren't in jeopardy with you. So anyways, that's what I heard the difference was. And you, again, you can tell me that I'm wrong, but. I feel like my best work is, and I'm I'm like self-reflecting as I'm like <laughs> hearing you and, and repeating it to you, I, I would actually feel like my best work is the same. When I can be making decisions from a place of connection with myself versus making decisions outside of myself, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the, the two things I'd like to add to that is that first of all just to be clear for anyone listening especially if they were a member or anything for that matter i loved owning my gym and i loved the experience of of what i had i wouldn't give it i wouldn't trade it for anything like i I don't live my life with regrets and i'm so grateful for that opportunity more grateful for the lessons and even more grateful of the relationships that were created because I still keep in touch with members and employees and other people that I would never have probably even today I'm at Spire teaching and all of a sudden one of my ex-members shows up in my class it was her first time to Spire and it was just like so cool to kind of see that come full circle like that lights me up right and so I definitely have taken all of those lessons and and even some that I haven't realized I even learned yet when I do realize do learn them um I'm just taking them with stride and realizing that they're going to benefit me somewhere down the road that lesson itself but the last part I wanted to say just to kind of tie that all together because yes you were spot on but I just think it's so important to be able to show up for yourself right and 
with with the gym, I was able to show up, but only for so long before I had to stop taking care of myself because I was taking care of everything else. And my new business has really not new business because it's not new, but you know what I mean? Fashionably fit has really allowed me to get back to showing up for myself because if I can show up for myself, one, I can touch and help a lot of people out there because that's the whole thing. We're all in this crazy life together at the end of the day, right? We're all in it together. We're all figuring it out. We all have struggles. We all have downfalls and trials and we also have tribulations. Like we have like really good stuff going on in life. Um, but also when I can show up for myself, one of the biggest things that I've learned is I can show up so much better for other people, my friends, my husband, my family, like everybody. And that's been the coolest kind of lesson through all of these shifts and changes. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I want to like give you a round of applause. Like, (laughs) I love that. And the other thing that I love that you just said was that it can be really easy to demonize the things from our past because we've shifted gears or because, you know, you experienced these physical ailments or it was so stressful. But what I heard you just say is that that there was nothing wrong or bad about that time. It was just a different set of circumstances that you got to experience. And because you allowed yourself to really experience them for what they were for you, you've now been able to experience, you know, this situation that you're in now in the way that it is. And they're just different. And so I really, I like that call out because a lot of times I think it can be easy for us to, um, demonize the things from our past to give us permission to do it different or have it be different or we can over you know over identify one thing as like you know gyms are bad and I love that you're that you just said like that's actually not what I'm saying at all for you're saying for me I own that there was a lot going on and it's gotten me I wouldn't change it because it's gotten me to where I am and that's a really really cool perspective to be able to to take from kind of a lot that that piled up. I mean, you had a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, granted, I don't wish I had Lyme disease, but at right. the same time, I'm glad I know I have Lyme disease because mm-hmm. if I know I have something, then I can work on feeling better rather than always trying to figure it out, which is stressful in itself, right? Yeah. Um, and who knows? I mean, you never know the way it could happen. Like, what if I had kept pursuing and keep going as hard as I was? And like, I, I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones. Like, I don't have the worst diagnosis. I mean, yes, there are days I feel like I'm 80 freaking years old and lay in bed and I cry and my legs ache and my body hurts. And I just like, it hurt. Like, it, it's just not fun, right? Um, or I get really bad headaches or sleepless nights. But the point of that is that um, who knows where I would be if I had not stopped or not slowed down or not had the first diagnosis to be able to figure out the second diagnosis. So, and that's just me really, I guess in short, I really think that things happen for a reason as much as how cliche that is and people hate it and all that stuff. I, it happened when it happened because it needed to happen for me and I'm just trucking along and learning from every experience that I can. So, well, and that, even that 
decision to like you're choosing to look at it that way which means that you live life from that place which makes life which makes every experience you have be meaningful you know like maybe it didn't all happen from some preordained thing but if you choose to have that perspective how does that change how you're experiencing your life mm-hmm. and I hear that that works for you it works for me too <laughs> yeah well perception is a crazy thing too yeah. like you know you you do you think and you do what you perceive right and and it is one of those things i've i mean a couple of my favorite quotes that i've really had to like work on or even not even quotes they're just like phrases or things in my life that have like really like helped me kind of get through that that through these different things one is um the subconscious, uh, like the biggest revelation I had with it is that it literally hears everything you say and think yep. and it believes it. So be careful with your thoughts and your words because your subconscious drives everything, you know? Um, uh, the other thing too is that um, I cannot control anyone's actions. And this is one thing, one that I've really, really had to use, especially with the move and transition and work and all that stuff, but I can't control anyone's actions. I can only control my reaction. You know, I can only control how I'm going to react to that situation. Mm -hmm. They can do whatever. And then the last one is I can do anything. I can literally do (laughs) anything I put my mind to, but I can't do everything. And I have to really go back to that a lot. Because I, I do want, like, I have all these passions and dreams and goals and all of this stuff, but I can't do it all. Yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes, that last one that you said. Mm-hmm. I, think I, I think I read that maybe, oh, I don't know, it must have been a few years ago. And it was such a, like, aha moment for me of, like, okay. I can have permission to let go, start to let go of some stuff here. Like you are not serving anything by holding, right. trying to balance every plate that ever existed on the planet and beyond. Yeah. <laughs> and that's hard too, because no one really teaches you that. We're actually, for the most part, I feel like we're told to accomplish things, to do things. And I think most people eventually learn that just their experience, but no one, people don't necessarily, they're not told that. <laughs> no. And it's okay. So you guys, this is crazy. Um, but do, do you guys follow Mel Robbins at all? No, I do not. Okay. So I met her this past year. I was at this event and I had listened to one of her books last year. I, I'm really into audible and like listening to things because I'm either cleaning or walking or whatever. And, um, so I got to meet her last year and she has several books out there, but she takes this like approach of almost like counseling people while she's so like, I, I prefer the books via audible because you get to hear her voice. You get to hear the other people's voice. It's like an interview. Right. But, um, it's so interesting that you say that Janelle about like not being taught, um, these things. And it's funny because the reason the she goes over this. I'm, I'm actually listening to uh, another book of hers right now. It's called Take Control of Life. Um, and it goes through all of the different things that hold us back from doing what we want to do. Um, and sometimes they're not even things 
Like they can be perfectionism. Uh, they can be something you learned as a child. Um, and it's like, it's, it's really interesting. And I think no matter who you are, or what you're going through, you benefit from this book. Um, I'm listening now and I am just like feeling it, man. So just so I thought I'd throw that out there. I love it. We'll, we'll make sure to put it in the show notes. I know I'm on her Instagram right now and I just love even her quote cards. It's you are lovable even if everyone doesn't love you. Yeah. I think I need to tell that to myself all the time or, or not all positive changes feel positive. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. I would check out her Instagram too. If you want just a she, quick dose of good quotes. Cool at, I mean, I don't cuss a lot, but um, Mel Robbins, I think she is cool as shit and she, the book is awesome. Um, and then like you said, Janelle, you've already been on her Instagram and she's just real. And I like that. And her story's really cool. And um, I think you guys would enjoy it. Again, I'd listen to the books. I wouldn't read them because you want to hear like the people's voices and the interviews and stuff. But I've just gotten a lot out of them. So cool. I love it. Thank you for that recommendation. Yeah. So Ashley, if you had to say how you live your true north today in one-ish word, what would you say? one-ish word <laughs> <laughs> one word because right? you know I can always talk way more <laughs> um, okay well uh so I do have to say two words because um it's I, it's been a common theme tonight but the first one's integrity um I definitely try to live my, my life with integrity, because that encompasses so much from, you know, honesty and truth and loyalty and all of that stuff. And I think it's just a solid word that I've always tried to live my life on um, and run my business on and friendships on and all of that stuff. And then the other one, like I said, it's been a really common theme tonight, but it's self-reflection. Self-reflection can teach you so much about where you are, where you've been and where you wanna go. And, um, I, it has been a common theme in my life this year. So I love self-reflection. It's my jam. Mm -hmm. You're in good company. (laughs) For sure. And it's hard sometimes. Self-reflection is not always easy. No. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Owning all your own shit. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing. Yeah. If anyone, yeah, if anyone that's listening wants to be able to reach out to you, ask you questions, maybe learn more about your business, is there a good place that they could uh, contact you at? Absolutely. Uh, So you you can follow me on Instagram. It's um, fashionablyfit.ash. I'm also at Facebook, fashionablyfit. And then my email is Ashley at fashionably.fit. So yeah, I'd love to uh, hear, uh, hear from you. Perfect. Yeah. I want to acknowledge you for wearing yourself so openly. I, like what I want to say is wearing yourself on your sleeve, which sounds really weird, but um, <laughs> like I just, you are so open and you share all the facets of your experience so readily and I just really appreciate you peeling back the curtain and being so vulnerable with us it it is um 
really special. So thank you. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You've done so many cool things and it's very easy to not want to ever speak to the part below the iceberg. Isn't there like that visual where it's like you only see the tip and there's all this stuff below. And I feel like you really showed up sharing the part that's below the water. And um, that's such an important part um, of life. So, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. It's taken a lot of practice to actually get there. But man, when you do, it's so revealing. And, and, um, you know, like, you know how they tell you that when you give to people, like, like generosity in general, generosity, how like it warms your heart. Mm -hmm. This has like warmed my, my heart because it's a generous part of me. But I haven't always been able to do that. And it's taken time and practice and mindset and a lot of things but golly it's just it allows people to relate mm -hmm. and that's the one thing I've always wanted to be for to people is relatable um so you saying that means everything to me and just uh, makes me want to continue to work and progress in that so I appreciate that very much of course absolutely I I say it I says it like I call, I calls it like I sees it. That's what my mom says. <laughs> I calls it like I sees it, Ray. I'm like, okay. <laughs> this has been another episode of the True North Collective podcast. For more from Rachel and I, check us out on the gram at the True North Collective underscore. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you are listening to this podcast. Until next time, friends.